You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 37 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me this week, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hello, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello. How is everyone today? Good. Excellent. Good. Now, as you may know, it's October, and in October, we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And that's when you'll go into the stores and you see the pink labels on the different grocery items that the different vendors are showing support for breast cancer awareness. And it's really important that women take the time to get themselves checked. So we thought that this episode, we would share some information about breast cancer and different resources that you can use to either get yourself checked or to get some more information, or even if you've realized, found out recently that you've been diagnosed with breast cancer or a loved one has, what you can do to help yourself and to help them. And the reason why we decided to talk about this is because someone very close to us was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, and we thought it would be good if we shared her story. So Vicki, would you like to pick up from here? Yes. Um, well, earlier this year, um, I had a lot of changes going on. I just finished my graduate school program and I really was feeling running run down uh, and I had been feeling run down for a very long time. And, and I knew it was my diet and not taking really good care of myself. So I was in between jobs, uh, getting ready to start a new job when um, my sister just said, told me, you know what, you, you, you got all this free time, why don't you just go and have, you know, all your medical tests and checkups done, you know, because I had complained and said I didn't have time when I was in school and I had missed my annual, you know, at the beginning of the year, normally I do my, my full checkups. Went into the uh, to the clinic and had my, all of my tests done. Um, I found that I had other issues with, you know, anemia and a bunch of other things for my poor diet and had my normal mammogram, and um, they always find something in my mammogram, always. Um, so I didn't think anything of it. I didn't had one in, I think, uh, it was like three, almost four years. And mainly because I don't have any history in my family of anybody, not anybody close to me that has had any, any kind of cancer, let alone breast cancer. So... I went to get the mammogram, and they said, uh, the, the, it was a nurse practitioner, and she was really, I could see in her face that she was concerned. I wasn't, because I'm used to it. I, oh, it's dense tissue or something. Um, and I should back up and say, about two years ago, I did feel something there. And I could, I just, I don't know, maybe I, I talked myself out of that, or thought that maybe I'm just, you know, being paranoid and I had I ignored it because I said I can't feel it anymore I don't it was my imagination and she was examining that very same area and that's the reason why I just ignored it uh I went to get my mammogram my sister went with me I don't know why um but fortunately she went with me and 
I had the worst experience you can ever have having a mammogram. The doctor and the technician um, were arguing with each other over what size it was. They didn't tell me anything. They were just talking like I was a slab on the table and I had to say, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? The doctor was arguing with her, telling her it's at five o'clock, it's at three o'clock, it's at two, who gives a damn? You know, I was just so furious. And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Um, we think you need to go have a biopsy. And that scared me shitless, I'm sorry. That's the only word I can use. I was just shocked. You know, um, fortunately when I went out, they wanted to do it right then, but I didn't, I just couldn't. I just, I just wanted to get away from them. They, they were driving me crazy. So I, I had to schedule for the next day. And I went out and I told my sister and she at first looked really shocked. And then I could see her face, she was getting a little angry. And then, because she had no idea that there was anything. She thought it was just a normal mammogram. And I just, I did what I normally do when I'm dealing with something personal. I just shut down and I don't have anything to say because I'm trying to process it all. And she starts asking me all these questions, bombarding me with questions. And I'm like, why are you asking me this stuff? How would I know? And she said, you should know it's your health. And, and I know it was the truth, but I just couldn't deal with it at the time. Um, so we go home and then I tell her what had happened. And I'm lucky. My sister got a graduate degree in oncology and she was an oncology nurse for a number of years. She's not anymore. She's in mental health, which I needed at that time also after going through this. Um, and she gave me a lot of advice. She told me what to expect from the biopsy. Um, and um, uh, I went in and had the biopsy. And they were going to call me the next day or whenever they got the results back. It was interesting because I was going for my final interview for the job that I finally took that day. And I told them it's okay for them to call me on the phone. And they called me on the phone and I'm going in for a job interview and tell me that I have um, cancer, that they think it's papillary carcinoma. Um, the doctor tried to tell me that, it, that it's, you know, rare, it's, it has a very good prognosis. I didn't hear any of that. I just heard that I have cancer. I didn't even care about any of this. I just knew that I had cancer and I couldn't believe it because I've never been sick in my life. I, I, I just was shocked. Uh, I didn't know you, I, that I'm not immune or that I um, uh, am no different than anybody else that I can get sick. But I just didn't, couldn't believe it. Um, so I had to talk to the doctor, called my sister, and she was just telling me, oh, you know, trying to put a nice spin on it too. Um, but she did give me focus. She said, you, you can either call them and cancel the interview or you can just go in and do the interview and just do your interview. It's nothing you can do right now. Uh, and the doctor uh, told you that, you know, she's trying to tell me about the prognosis of it. And I need to wait to see what the doctor uh, has to say, the surgeon has to say. Um, and that, that that was just the lab results. We need to wait and get be more conclusive about what the next step is. So I sucked it up. And I guess I really knocked the dog on the interview out of the window because I, because on the way I did the interview and on the way back they called me back and started asking me questions like money and stuff like that so 
I was like, really? Wow. Um, I think I was a zombie in there. Why would you want to hurt somebody that's sort of talking like a robot? Um, but I went through it, got home. My sister talked to me about it some more. But I still was just zoning out and keeping it to myself. I was lucky I had a really good doctor, good surgeon. I, I was with Kaiser. I was shocked. Uh, I always thought Kaiser was the place you go to when you are healthy and just want to deal with preventative stuff. But they have changed. They're a very good uh, uh, medical uh, center now. I got really, really good uh, advice from my doctor. He was very calming. Um, we tried the lumpectomy. Um, but when it came back, the lumpectomy showed that I think it was maybe 12 out of the 13 uh, uh, samples that they took had cancer. So I ended up having a full mastectomy. And then it, because you really don't know, you don't know if it's um, spread out. You, you can't test every piece of tissue in your breast. You have to, the uh, only way you're going to know it is you remove the, the tissue. And the only way you can be absolutely certain that you don't have cancer is for them to remove the breast. Um, that's what they did. And when they did the test, they found out that they had gotten it all in the lumpectomy. <laughs> Which is sort of like really a slap in the face. But you know what? I can say safely now that I don't have cancer. Um, that's the positive about just having a mastectomy is that there's absolutely no possibility to have breast cancer if you don't have a breast. Uh, and I think that's the reason why Angelina Jolie and the rest of them made those decisions. Um, they had a history of it in their family where my kind of cancer is a precursor. could, could be a precursor to something else. It wasn't systemic. It wasn't going to spread. It's not that kind of cancer. Um, it was stage. I don't know what stage it, that is. I think zero or I'm not sure what it was. I don't remember. Uh, I blocked a lot of this out, which is really surprising. Um, at one point, I knew everything there was to know about this stuff. And then after I, I found out I was okay, I just threw it away. And then when I told you guys about it and you said, oh, I haven't checked myself, I realized I need to let people know because these two ladies told me they had hadn't uh, been very um doing what they should be doing and if i could prevent them from having this issue then what i went through is more worthwhile and i told everybody that i know i i'm not the kind of person that like to talk about my personal issues i i'm, I'm like i said i shut down and i, I become an introvert and i start thinking about what I need to do. I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. I don't want anybody helping me. I, I want to do things on my own. But this was very important. I got this for a reason. And I think that my telling people, getting past that comfort zone was very important. I know I made a lot of people uncomfortable telling them about it. But I thought it was very important to put that in their head, to have that in the back of their head. I knew better and I didn't do what I needed to do. If you think that there's any possibility that something's not right, you need to go and have that checked out. I didn't two years ago. It probably would have been less than a centimeter. It was about, um, I think, a little over two inches. And it's a slow growing cancer, but I should, I could have probably nipped this in the bud. It probably would have been nothing two, three years ago when I first felt it. So. We want to take this opportunity, Breast Cancer uh, Month, to just make people aware of what what's out there and the information that's out there. So I'm going to, that's all I have to say. Elisa.
and uh, Suzanne, uh, if you want to add anything. But um, I didn't plan anything. I didn't really write it down. Or I, someone told me I should do a journal. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I, it was just too sore. I think I can do it now. But when I was going through it, it was just too too painful and too raw to for me to write and deal with it. But um, I think now is a, a very good time to try to do it. Oh, thank thank God that they nipped it. Well, in the butt. Vicky, for one thing, I I, th- I, yeah, I think yeah. that you were so yeah. courageous. I, 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 my doctor said I won the lottery of cancers. It was it's, it's the highest prognosis. Very rare. And he said he very he my oncologist said I he rarely sits down with someone and have this kind of conversation with them saying that you're fine. We're gonna give you some medication just because. Just uh, because this could be a precursor to something else. So they, they put me on some, um, I could never say the name correctly. Correct me if I'm right, Suzanne. Tamox- <laughs> Tamoxifen? Tamoxifen, correct. Yes, uh, which is a sort of chemotherapy kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, medication. Um, but I didn't have to do radiation, didn't lose any hair other than the hair I normally pull out. Um, I The surgery, you'd be surprised. I went in that day and I came home. For the lumpectomy and for the mastectomy, it was the one you go home. You, they they find that women recuperate better in their own home, and I literally in three weeks was starting my new job. Wow! The people at my job didn't know how I had, was even sick. So you know, I'm lucky. that that in itself, Vicky. Well, for one thing, congratulations, and secondly, I just admire you for your um, courage in going through that. It's its not easy ever to go through something like that. And I think people are so scared of what we call the C word, the cancer word, yeah, because, yeah. Um, but you know, they have been making quite a few strides with breast cancer, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But I think that is in the back of our mind, you yes. know, as, a, as women, I always love the Save the Tatas, you know, campaign. <laughs> But yeah. I have to, when you, when you told Elisa and I, I had to think back, because even being a former nurse, I, you get, we get complacent. You know, months mm-hmm. go by, we get caught up with life, we get busy, and we forget to do a breast exam. But even with the, um, you know, having the diagnostic tool of a mammogram, there's nothing like you knowing your own breasts and really feeling, you know, and doing your self-breast exam every month. And I think sometimes we forget how deeply important that is for all women yeah. to be doing that. Yeah. yeah. You, only you are going to know your breasts. <laughs> you know, right. You, you've had it all your life. You, you, you know when something's not right. Even if you don't examine it, something felt uncomfortable. You, you, and you never felt like that before? You, you should t- I should have done something. I knew something wasn't quite right. But I dismissed it. I think women do need to listen to their bodies and their inner intuition. You know, I find that, you know, people just being a nurse before that, so many times people would come in and say, well, I knew something wasn't right. You know, so we all have that kind of sixth sense when it Mm -hmm. comes to our Mm -hmm. bodies. But, uh, you know, many cancers, you know, my aunt, uh, her breast cancer was basically more estrogen, uh, they feel estrogen induced. So there's so many different types of breast cancer. And I think sometimes women, um, 
because of the press that's out there, they think, well, if I don't have a family history, I have nothing to worry about. Yes. So I'm so glad, Vicki, you brought up that point because it doesn't necessarily have to be a a family history to to have breast cancer. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm super lucky. I had a sister that I'm very close to who's, who knew everything, was telling the doctor what to do. Yes, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it was just so that they were having this conversation. She was asking the right questions. I didn't even know what to ask. And it, it, I just felt that I could just lean on her. And she's always been there for me like that. But for her to do that when I totally, she, did, she does that for me when I don't need it. Uh, she's that, that kind of person. She takes being a big sister seriously. And this time I actually leaned on her and I'd never done that before. She don't think I did, but I did. I, I listened. I, I was clinging to her a lot. She thinks I shut down and didn't say anything, but I did. I, 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 I needed her. And it was sort of really as some divine intervention that she had moved here and was living with me because she also was changing jobs and was there for me the whole time. There was no pressure for her to go back to work or anything. So it's just, it was just meant to be that all of this was gonna be resolved and that was gonna have all the help I need. All women don't have that kind of help. So that's the reason why we wanna talk about some of these apps, right? Absolutely, and you know, the thing, what you were just saying is, that's always a good thing for a woman who, if you are living alone or you're in between relationships or whatever, but having a best friend, having a good friend that can accompany you yeah. when you have to go in for procedures. So sometimes you're still in a shock state that you don't think of the questions until you get home and you think, oh, shoot, I should have asked those questions. And by the time you get mm-hmm. a hold of the doctor, you know, this way you can talk it over with a friend, discuss the questions, and she can write them down or remember them, and then she can ask those questions in case you forget yeah. anything. It's great yeah. to have somebody there with you. Um, I, I think that's really important, yeah. you know, especially. Yeah. Even if I went home, I wouldn't rem- I wouldn't know what to ask. I'm not a medical professional. I, I didn't even think about to ask about the reconstruction, because that's one of the things is that um, in 1998, they came up with the Women's Health and Cancer Rights Act. And in that uh, act, there's certain rights for women that all these women that were before us, uh, Elisa and Suze, who fought for these rights for us. For instance, we have a right for reconstruction. It's not something just for aesthetics. It's to make you whole again. Mm -hmm. Um, That your insurance companies have to pay for that. Uh, In the past, they didn't. These women had to deal with that or or pay for it out of their own pockets. Um, that's because there are men making these decisions and men can't possibly understand this. I didn't understand this until I went through it, but a man definitely can, even though men can get breast cancer. Absolutely. Um, I was just gonna and, say that, yeah. men can, yes. Yeah, and they should do breast exams also. Well, also, Absolutely. also the insurance companies have to pay for a woman to get a mammogram and a visit to the gynecologist once a year at no charge. Yeah, and that that used to not be the case. Right, so that a lot of women used to use the excuse, I can't afford it. So I'll get a mammogram every 10 years instead of every five years or two years or one year, depending on their age. Now there's no excuse. Your insurance company covers it. Go get it. 
There and if you don't have insurance, mm-hmm. um, Planned Parenthood, I mean, there is free mammogram screening around. Mm-hmm. So please, for the women that do not have health insurance, uh, don't forego this. You know, go and look up free mammograms in your area and they will, uh, you'll be able to Google, you know, what offers that, what facility it might offer that for you. I'm, a lot of times they'll have free, once a year they'll have free mammogram screening for women. And uh, I think Planned Parenthood helps with that as well. So Right. And they, yeah. the other issue is a lot of people are afraid of the pain. In my own personal experience, I'm the worst patient in the world. And every time I go to the doctor, I let them know I'm not a good patient because I'm I'm afraid of pain. I'll just put it right out there. I don't have a high tolerance. I have a very, very low tolerance for pain. There is no pain with the mammogram. Discomfort, a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. It, pinching. It, it does, does pinch. Yes, but it doesn't hurt, hurt. It doesn't hurt. You're not going to walk out no. and be in pain. It's well, that let me tell you, couple of seconds. Lump, a lumpectomy and a mastectomy will hurt. Exactly. <laughs> so it's much better. I mean, I'm not a great <laughs> yes. patient, but every single yeah. year I go to the gynecologist, and the minute I walk in the door, I immediately pick up the phone, and I call the place where I get my mammogram, and I make the appointment immediately. And usually it's about four weeks after my gynecologist appointment. And I would rather know now, like you, Vicki, I would rather know now, while it's curable, than say, I'm afraid or it's going to hurt a little bit, and then it's too late. It's worth it. Don't be afraid. It's just like when you go for your pap smear. Not the most pleasant experience in the world, but it only, you only feel discomfort for a few seconds. And when it's over, it's over. There's well, no, it's like ling- any, no lingering It's pain. like any cancer. Early detection seems Absolutely. It, it truly So does. don't let the word, um, it's going to hurt, just take that right out of your mind. Discomfort and only for a couple of seconds. But I also think you address an interesting um, subject, Elisa. Sometimes it's not just the pain, is women are, are scared. They're in denial. Yeah. What happens, you know, they may feel something and think, oh, what happens if that's cancer? More often than not, everyone, many of those lumps that you feel are benign, but it's better to know they're benign Mm -hmm. or if you have some calcifications in your breasts that your gynecological, your health care professional can be aware of those so they have a baseline so then they can keep track when you do have your mammograms. But if you feel a lump, it doesn't necessarily mean that you automatically have breast cancer. It could be a cyst. It could be, a, you know, a little ductal problem. I mean, there can be so many. The, the, the breast is a very uh, complex tissue organization. So there's many things it could be. So I know that's the first thing that runs through people mind, through people's minds, and they should get immediately checked out. But, you know, people should not, not go to get it checked out because they think it's cancer and they're in denial. And if it is, and by the time you do get checked out, that'll be a very sad story because early detection, you know, like with Vicki was saying, having a lumpectomy, having a biopsy, um, you know, then you can basically start treatment right away. And in Vicki's case, you know, she has a, um, a an excellent outlook, you know, it's, it's, yeah. to me, but denial, I see it so strongly with some people, they're afraid. And I think it's fear. I, I think that one way to motivate you to do it is that don't think about yourself, think about the people around you um my family went into like uh crazy mode 
Um, they, I mean, nobody expect their youngest sister to be, you know, sick. You know, they didn't, they, they were really in a panic. We didn't know what to do, how to react. Um, think about them and how they will react and what's going to happen to them if you're not there. And um, I think women are, can relate to that more than, than thinking about themselves. And if I had thought about that, how my family was going to feel with me having cancer, I think I would have gone immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's not just you that's affected by this. And right. women have children, they have all these people that need them to depend on them. And uh, we we aware of that, and we take that seriously. Your health is part of that whole responsibility. So right. you, that should be the reason why you should go, go have this taken care of. One other thing I want to mention is that uh, we're talking about the health insurance and our rights as women, um, is that their insurance can exclude you if it's, as a pre-existing condition. Say, I'm going to another insurance. I don't have ties anymore. But they, there's a limit to how long they can exclude you for this. If they're treating you for it, they're still going to be treating me for cancer. The exclusion period can only be for one year, which means my insurance company will have to pay for my mamma, my uh, my reconstruction. They can't. I mean, any illness uh, they can exclude you for. But as I said before, but the new laws now is a certain period of time that they can exclude you. They which can't is good forever. Yeah, and then you know we got Obamacare where people can now get insurance, affordable insurance, and stuff. That will apply for that, those insurances too. Some of them may refuse you. You may have to pay a, a much more expensive uh, policy, but that insurance company cannot exclude you for treatment for more than a year. So that's. Um, I have a link to the um, Women's Health and Cancer Rights Act uh, on our. We have it on our um, show notes. So. I also wanted to mention, we'll put this article, too, on the show notes, that there is an article published online just this past week that said mammograms before 50 could save lives. So it's really important that before you're 50 years old that you get your first mammogram. I was 38 when I got mine. I was 30. And I don't have a history. I don't have a history in my family. But I wanted that baseline. And I go, like I said earlier, every year without fail. Because I'd rather know now than later. Well, I think even if you're a young girl listening to this and you're 30, you know, you can make a case with your gynecologist and say you'd like a baseline at 30. It is not, I mean, women have had breast cancer in their 20s. uh, Yeah. So definitely, you know, get a baseline. Same thing like with a colonoscopy. You know, when you're 40 or 50, I can't remember the, I think it's 40, the first one that you should get a baseline. You get that baseline. And my f- husband had a family history of uh, co- colon cancer, so I was right on him at 40. And I just think it's so important, those diagnostic tests. But mammograms, um, while they're not perfect, they're the best tool we have right now. And that's, you know, it's, it's good for people to use that. And the cost has come down. You know, when they first, it's like with any type of diagnostic test. You know, it's very, it's like, I remember my first MRI that I ever had to have on my knee. It was, it, I was thankfully insurance paid for it. But, you know, as technology becomes more proficient and uh, it costs them less to create these some of these machines, it does go down a little bit because they're on to the, the next new thing for diagnostics. So, Well, I was doing some research. I found an app called Early Detection Plan Breast Cancer, and it's put out by the National Breast Cancer Foundation. It's totally free, and you can run it on your 
Let's see, on your iPhone, your iPad, or your iPod Touch with iOS 5 or later. And what's nice about this is it will, you put a little bit of information about yourself and your date of birth, and if there's a history of breast cancer or, or ovarian cancer in yourself, uh, your mom, your sisters, or any of your daughters. And once you put that in, you also then put in your exam history. So when did you go to, uh, oops, when did you go to the doctor? When's the last time that you went to the doctor? When's the last time you had a mammogram? And what it will do is, and also when's the last, when did you do a monthly exam? And what it will do is give you reminders at the appropriate times to make sure that you do this. And then you just put a little check mark next to it when you've done. Then what it will also do is if you go to the information page, it will teach you about early detection. How do you do a breast self-exam? How you do it in the shower? If you do it lying down before a mirror? And then it will answer common questions about doing a self-exam. It will also talk about a mammogram, what it is, what you go through, and questions pertaining to that. Then it has information about your risk, signs and symptoms of possible breast cancer, and uh, groups that you can join if you've just been diagnosed, and you know support groups to help you and get some more information. But this was a this was a nice. I thought this was a nice app to give you that reminder of when it's time for you to do all these different exams, and to give you some extra information. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, the app that I we were just talking about when Vicky was mentioning about um, having a family support system is. It is a shock, and there's a fabulous app. It's for free app, and it's called. It's by the National Breast Cancer Foundation. It's called Breast Cancer Beyond the Shock, and basically, this is an information app. So, when you download this app, it has it, it has a category that says Learn, and it has different videos that you can watch that talk about what breast cancer is, the the, the breast anatomy. Uh, diagnosis, the types and the stages, the treatment. So this is a really, I think, a very useful app for somebody that perhaps may have just been diagnosed and her, you know, they are in shock and she can have her family if they have, you know, iTunes, um, excuse me, iDevices, they can download this app because information is knowledge and it's not, medicine has changed where you just don't go in anymore and the doctor says this is what's going to happen and you have to take that you get you can get a second opinion you can even get a third opinion but when you have a lot of information in your arsenal then that makes you a conscious contributor to your own you know healthcare and it's a healthcare team so you're working with the nurses you're working with doctors you're working with office personnel and you are, you are that is your right to ask questions that is your right to know your prognosis and your treatment plan. And you should be talking over your treatment plan with your physician. Absolutely. And, you know, if you, like with Vicki, with her sister, to ad- help advocate for her, this is a great app for your family members or whoever is your support to learn about cancer, breast cancer, and they can for- help you formulate questions that you need to ask your doctor when you go in for your appointment. The nice, the other thing about this app is they have uh, questions. So they have people that are actually going through breast cancer. Some are survivors. Some are still are, uh, you know, active participants undergoing treatment. So they have a list of topics that have 
you know, about chemo or abdomen pain, abdominal pain, excuse me, uh, different tests. So you can literally get some information firsthand from people that are going through that. But then they also have stories, some small video stories from the National Breast Cancer Foundation um, that people tell their story about their uh, breast cancer journey. So all in all, I think this is an uh, information app. It's not talking to you, it's not going to remind you about breast exams or anything. This is a great app to share with uh, family members and yourself to become very cognizant about this disease and what you need, um, the knowledge you need to go forward with it. So I would highly recommend this for anybody or anybody who has a family member or friend that's just been diagnosed or if you've been diagnosed yourself and it's called Breast Cancer Beyond the Shock and it is uh, a free app. I have something very similar called uh, the Mobile Cancer Coach. Mm -hmm. uh, it uh, has a, uh, it starts out with has this narrated coach questionnaire and tool that you can uh, answer a few questions and it, it can give you you can learn more about your disease and the treatment options for it. Um, and in addition, it has a section for questions that you want to uh, ask your doctor. Um, that would have been very good for, for me because my sister would tell me stuff to ask and of course I wouldn't remember but fortunately she was going with me um, and I could have written it down and even if I didn't remember the fact that I could have go back later and look at this stuff and sort of process it would have been very helpful it also has a journal uh, for, of your treatment history and that's, this is very 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 important that you write down these things I had all these appointments to make and things I had to do, medicines to take, and I would forget everything. I just was not myself. Fortunately, again, I had my sister to help me out, but if you could just drop this stuff down later on when you are able to process it, you could figure out, okay, I got an appointment for this, I got to take this medicine for this, this is this is what this medicine is for, and, and because it was really scary for me, I never took medicine for anything. I, I never even took vitamins, and then all of a sudden I'm taking all this medication, and half the time I forget to take it. I'm, I'm serious. I, I will forget to take the medication. Um, and um, then I forgot what it was for. You know, there's nothing worse than taking stuff, and you don't even know what it's for. I'm just popping a pill. Um, it also has a glossary, the definition of different cancer terminology, which I really, really needed. I didn't understand any of this stuff. Um, I didn't even know different stages of cancer. I, I thought you have cancer, you just, oh, well, it's time for you to die. You have cancer. Literally, this is how I thought about cancer, uh, that all cancer forms were bad. And you all, I mean, some of them you don't even, they're just benign tumors. Yeah. Everything isn't, uh, uh, you need to have surgery for. Um, absolutely, so, Vicki. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not a death sentence. Just because you have feel a lump or even if you get diagnosed with cancer, yeah. I mean, there's so many different treatments. There's so many different stages of cancer. I mean, that's what people, like you were saying, just, you know, you have to educate yourself. You're going to be... You're going to be in shock at first. You're going to be in denial. You're going to be angry. You're going to have all those different conflicting emotions. But you do have to accept this has happened. So how can you go forward with this? What's what's the best thing that you can do? And that's arming yourself with information Knowledge. and questions to ask Knowledge. your doctor. Yeah. But this thing does pretty much the same as yours does. But it's more geared toward um, the actions that the 
the, the patient needs to go through, the person that has cancer. Uh, I imagine a family member could, could use this too or share the app uh, with all of and uh, to keep track of what's going on. I wish there was something that you could actually forward to your family members um, so that they could actually uh, have this information for themselves because I kept getting the same questions by the same people over and over again about it. And sometimes I do the answers, sometimes I didn't. And um, it would have been nice to say, hey, this is some information about what's going on with me and the type of cancer I have and what the prognosis and the treatment is and, and medicines I'm taking and so that I didn't have to keep going through it. It, it got to the point where I just didn't want to talk to people about it because they asked me questions that were uncomfortable and in some instances I felt stupid because I didn't know the answer to it. But um, but that's where the app, the, the Cancer Beyond the Shock, they do have a form. You know, Vicki, and, you know, you could ask a question on there and, you know, you'd have people answering you. Like, you know, I'm experiencing this side effect from tamoxifen. You know, has anybody else experienced this? Um, should I be worried? And what's nice is that you get some feedback right away in real time. And yeah. then you think, well, you know what? I think I'm still going to call my doctor and find out if this is okay. Yeah. And don't forget the pharmacist, too. Sometimes we forget about the pharmacist, but... You know, you can call up your pharmacist and say, you know, I am really sick or I am, I'm getting uh, hot flashes from this medication. Is this normal? And they, yeah. they're very educated and they can give, they can say, you know, I think you'd better call the doctor about that. That could possibly be changed. So don't forget your neighborhood pharmacist where you um, have your uh, medications filled. Yeah, I was lucky. I could email my doctor and they were very quick about responding back. Yeah, see, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. V- Vicki, there's also uh, the websites the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, which was founded by Evelyn Lauder from the Estee Lauder family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information on on that page. And what I like about this particular uh, charity is that 91% of the money that you send in goes towards breast cancer research and awareness programs. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good thing. That's something else you want to think about. If you're going to be donating to any kind of any kind of charity, whether it's for cancer or diabetes or anything, make sure that most of the money is going towards research and helping the families. You don't want this going toward uh, someone calling you on the phone, or or executive salaries. Execu- exactly. You know, for yes, yeah, well, we know some of them that have yes. exactly. So this is an A plus um, rating from the American Institute of Philanthropy, but they also have a lot of different articles. They have a library, a breast health library, which has articles about. Uh, breast cancer basics, what happens if you're newly diagnosed, treatments, living with it, topics in breast cancer. So that might be a resource that people can send links to loved ones to say, this is what I have. And this is this is how it's treated. And this is sort of a timeline of what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Timeline is very important. Well, I saw one uh, app that I think is very important for educating young girls, and it's called Daisy Wheel, and um, it's um, it's to sort of educate young girls, especially in the, the grades five to twelve, about uh, breast self examination, so that they will have this knowledge for life. Um, I remember uh, in fifth, I think maybe sixth grade, we had the little video about. Um, our menstrual cycles. But nobody mentioned very much about breast self-examination. Well, of course, there was no, not ice ages. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> we were kids. You know, that was a long time ago. I don't know what they have today. Uh, 
but I I would love for my niece to have this app to look at and to determine you know, she don't have much breast now so she'd probably be so embarrassed if I mentioned it to her but, but you know uh, it, it's it's very important that we are aware of our bodies and our own health and take control and, and ownership of our health. And if we start them at a very early age, uh, it, it, our futures look much, much brighter. Um, I, I find it very shocking that young girls are not taught these things. Um, and that even me as a, as a, a, a very old woman, um, very old woman. Yeah, well, compared to somebody that old. fifth to twelfth grade, yeah, I'm very old, <laughs> and <laughs> that I didn't take this seriously, and I, I and I'm not a dumb person, but I didn't, and um, I don't want someone else to go through this. And uh, if if the importance of this was put into my head at a very young age, um, maybe um, I, all of this could have been avoided. It would have been just a speck instead of something that was almost two inches. Um, but Vicki, what a lot of us do, and we're all guilty of this in different aspects of our life, is, well, if I don't think about it, it will go away. Yep, if denial. I don't address it, it's it will denial. go away. Yep. And yep. obviously yep. it didn't. Yep, and I said, oh, I don't feel it anymore. Yeah, because I wasn't examining that area, but if I kept examining it, I would have found it again. Denial you know, is, is It wasn't very, that difficult. After she examined it and felt it, I went home and said, oh, God, it is there. Well, yes, not, that's not what to, I felt before. Not to be crude here, and I don't mean this to be crude at all, but I remember one time speaking with the nurse before I had, you know, she's doing the vitals, my blood pressure and so forth, and she was saying that a lot of men pick up the lumps. They find the lumps in their partner's breast. Oh, that's yeah. not crude at all. That's absolutely um, true. So, yeah. man, like I said, I'm not trying to <laughs> not trying to be, no, you know, no. in any way, but no, if you but do true. if you do feel something, make sure you let your partner know because she may not be able to feel it. So, you it's I didn't important even that think you about that. Yeah. Though, to be quite honest, you need to let your partner know if you're feeling something unusual so that she can be aware of it and make a phone call to the doctor. Yeah, because sometimes they've known your breasts as long as you've known yours. Exactly, right. and the nurse and, I, right. and the nurse, yeah, the nurse was telling me that, and she said, she said, you'd be surprised how many cases of lumps that we find because the woman comes in and says, my husband or my boyfriend found it. Yeah. So there's no, nothing. Now, I, you know another true. excuse I use? I said, oh, I'm having my period, so that's probably the reason why I'm feeling this. What's that have to do? And, with and that's why that's why it's important to do if you are having menstrual, uh, you're still in a menstrual cycle, is to do your breast exam after your menstrual right. cycle. Right, because like ten, yeah, is it ten I, days later. I wasn't, no, I wasn't. It was afterwards, and I said, well, maybe I'm, I'm really not done. <laughs> it's about what ten? I think I tried ten days later. Excuse in the book. Yeah, huh? yeah, about well, you know, yeah, and you know, I have to say is this this little app that. Um, I've been using it's called it, it's really a hard uh, title it's called breast self exam but it's by Webfoot Technologies and it's a 99 cent app but it's it's worth a dollar highly highly recommend it what I like about this app it's strictly for a breast self exam so when you open this app you're going to see a uh, kind of a 
cartoonish almost, but it's not really. It's just the it's just clip art of two breasts. And if I was ever that size, I'd be happy. But they're two big breasts. <laughs> but, but what's nice about this app is you can also take a photograph with your iPhone of your breasts, and you can superimpose it. It basically you line up your breasts with this clip art of the breasts, and that's what you will be using. So then if you start feeling lumps, you basically can select uh, if it's soft, if it's a soft lump, a hard or medium lump, if, you know, just right in between, you kind of move it around. And then you can place it on your breast. So basically you're reporting it. You know, sometimes for people that have fibrocystic disease, which I had that when I was younger, I was always feeling lumps in my breast. So if you have, and there's many women who have pendulous breasts that have very cystic breasts. So they're going to feel lumps and bumps. That's the that's just throughout their life they're going to do that. But it's not those you have to be concerned about. It's the new ones. So you can, you know, if you have cystic breasts, basically put all the lesions, you know, around on your breast. You can... And you can uh, basically select if it's new, if it's existing. So, you know, if you have the cystic breast, you can say it's existing. And orange will be the unchanged, red will be changed. And you can also have, uh, it tells you how to do a breast exam because there's different methods. There's the circle method, there's the line method, there's the wedge method. Those are the three methods of um, tactile breast exams that physicians do uh, recommend. But uh, also under your arms, you want to check, you know, the lymph nodes, you know, underneath your armpits. And then what's nice about this is that when you put in the, any of new lumps, or they call them lesions, I call them lumps, then if something changes, it's going to give you a heads up, you better call your doctor. But you can also set it monthly so you can be reminded. And it also gives you a tutorial on how to do a self-breast exam. So for a dollar, I think this app is well worth it, especially where you're able to use a photograph of your own breast. So when you're reporting on your lumps, those are your breasts, and you can you know, see the photographs from month to month, how they are. So it keeps a history uh, for you. So I, I just think that's a, a nifty little app. Because some people don't really, you know, they think, I've had questions, you know, people have asked me, you know, how do I do a self-breast exam? And your gynecologist, if you ask her, she will, he or she will tell you uh, different, you can, you know, they'll tell you the different methods. But you need to find the one that works for you. You know, if you have very sensitive fingertips, I think, you know, the circle method, you know, with your fingertips is a really, really good, good method, you know. Um, because you really have to go deep. It's not just superficially. You really want to feel your breasts. And if you have pendulous breasts, you want to get underneath them and feel underneath too. You know, go down and uh, you know feel a little under where your breast tissue stops as well. It takes some time, but it's worth taking. Yeah, that's the reason why starting very early with the girls knowing their bodies. Uh, and examining their bodies is very, very important um, uh, because then you know where everything is. You, you, you're familiar with what's right and what's not right. So. Yeah, because if you find a lump in your breast and you go to the gynecologist or your doctor or your family practice and you say, can you check this out? And they might say, well, it doesn't feel suspicious to me. You know, we'll have you, we'll book you for a mammogram and we'll just be sure. You go have the mammogram, sure enough, it's nothing. It's just, 
you know, like I said, people have lumpy and sometimes cystic breasts. Then you know that that lump, you know that that's your breast lump. And, you know, not to be worried about it necessarily, but to pay attention. You know, and I think that's really important. The, the, the more you know your breasts and where your lumps and bumps are, because a lot of people do have lumps and bumps, then you're more apt to pick up a lump on your own, you know, a serious lump if you, if you yep. know them. Yep. And you can find more information from the American Cancer Society. Uh, they give you a lot of information about what cancer is and how to live a healthy, uh, cancer-free life. Uh, and then there's also a website for the National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and it has lots of information about where you can go uh, be screened and um, different organizations that have activities going on throughout the month. And, and we'll have everything linked in the show notes. Yeah, and the and the, the National Cancer in- Institute, um, and my um, for my show note, um, they have a particular one for breast cancer. And they have an online booklet, what you need to know about breast cancer, that, again, will tell you the different types of breast cancer, the staging, the treatment, and they give you a list of questions to ask your doctor. So if you're not sure what to ask your doctor, print, you know, you can go and either print out that book or just have the link on your iPhone. They have a lot of, they have talk about a lot of clinical trials for medication right now, so sometimes if... Uh, it'll give you information that if you want to participate in a cancer uh, treatment trial, you, you can sign up for that. It also, um, there's they have the statistics. So for this year, the new cases of breast cancer for a female is 232,340 cases. For males, it is 2,240. So again, even though it's more common in females, um, men don't. You need to check that out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Vicki, is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? I'm, I'm really happy you guys suggested this because I certainly wouldn't have bought it up. I, 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 I don't know. I just didn't want, I didn't know if you guys were, would want to have a discussion about this or you would feel comfortable. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, def- yeah, definitely. I'm so glad yeah. we did. Yeah, I am too. I, I couldn't wait to do it. When you said, yeah, let's do it, I, I said, this is very important, yes. It has to be done. And um, I, I don't think, um, I don't even know if most people are even aware that there is a breast National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Because <laughs> I mentioned it to a couple of my friends and they were like, there's an awareness month? And I'm like, yeah. Um, because I told him I was going to do the podcast, so I, I think that the media is and people like us uh, who are trying to communicate through through the media um, need to take this seriously. Um, take take not only the fun little things we have with our products and 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 electronics and things that we have fun with, but but realize that these tools can be used in a very helpful way. Um, and uh, I hope this podcast is seen as such, you know, and um, and I'm, I'm, I hope to find more apps that are going to be even better. And I'm, I'm actually going to go log on and, and provide some feedback on, on, on these apps to make sure that they, the next iteration of it has improved so that uh, more women can find them useful. Mm-hmm. So. 
And I think, too, Vicki, you know, when you just mentioned about some people don't know October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, everything is pink in their stores. Football players are wearing pink shoes. I was going to say, the sports, the the athletes are wearing pink (laughs) ribbons. But, you know, I have, Elisa, you brought up an extremely good point. And I just want to quickly touch on that. And is that when you're giving money to breast cancer foundations, do, I totally agree, Elisa, check them out. I have some issues, I think, with the Susan B. Komen Foundation because they bring in an immense amount of funds, but I don't see a lot, the bulk of the of those monies really going to research, you know, and research is, is that yeah. is where they're going to find the cure, is yeah. through research, and so I don't know where those dollars, I know they do pay their executives very well, but... Um, I, I agree with Elise and Vicky. You know, please, before you give your hard-earned money out, really investigate those people. Just don't blindly give. Because even though you, you're doing it in a very altruistic way and you think you're doing good, you may not, re, your monies may not be going to where you want them to go. Yeah. So I, I do think it's important. And, you know, and, and there are lists in the national, you know, the, any of the big cancer institutes, even the National Institutes of Health, um, they're all very reputable, uh, you know, organizations. And that's what you, you know, you really need to be sure. And, you know, Google it. If you have questions, make sure you, you Google as your friend and, and find out, you know, where these monies go to before you yeah. keep yours. And you can also check the Better Business Bureau. Yep. Yeah. 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 And please, ladies, don't be afraid. Stay don't, at the tatas. Yes. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't let fear of the exam itself stop you because... Like I said earlier, biggest swim that ever lived here. Everybody knows it. That knows me knows that. But I go every year religiously for my annual exam. How did you have children if you don't Let like me pain. tell you. When oh, I was about true. to give birth to my first son, my mother said, don't call me because I don't want to hear you screaming. <laughs> and I went ahead and did it two more times. So... <laughs> Yeah, that, now that's pain, giving birth. But I go to the gynecologist every year without fail and have a mammogram follow-up every year without fail because the amount of discomfort is so minimal compared to what yeah. could be if I don't go. And yeah. if you're a young girl and you don't have good insurance, look for a free clinic. There's a lot of low-cost free clinics that you can get some basic care, you know, a mammogram, a breast exam, by uh, a doctor, the clinic doctor, and a pap smear. And a pap smear is, is every bit as important, um, you know, as, as a breast exam. Absolutely. And, and, and with all of the anger people spew at Planned Parenthood, it's one of the major places yes. for people who have um, no insurance go to get care. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So everything we talked about, the show notes for the different websites and the apps that we talked about will be on our website, 3geekyladies.com, with the number three spelled out, our Google Plus information, which we'd love you to join our community, our Facebook page, our Twitter information will all be found on the show notes under episode 37. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. And I would especially like to thank Vicki for sharing her story with, with us and with everybody else. And thankfully, she is she is cured. Yay. So we're Thank very, you, Vicky. we're very thankful for that. And you go, girl. <laughs> and on that note, I want again, I want to say thank you, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, bye.
Kitty warm, kitty little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it. <laughs>